My name is Amanda Van Annen. Welcome to Beauty and the Beat. Join me and my co-hosts, Betsy Zane and Sophia Brad, as we pierce beyond the beauty myth and get face-to-face with reality. Highs and lows of fashion to the challenges of motherhood, the traumas of life, heartbreak of relationships gone wrong, and how to find purpose and discover your true, authentic self. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beauty and the Beat. It's me again, Amanda Annan. And today on the show, I've got Marissa Remy, and I'm so excited to have her here because she has done so many things, and she's currently a life coach and a Reiki healer. Marissa Remy's vision is to elevate everyone she comes across. As a top national bodybuilding athlete and nutritionist, she used her journey to heal her own PTSD and empowered women on her team and over the world. She developed PTSD from prolonged childhood abuse and was told by many experts that her case was so severe she would never live without it. Through her health and fitness journey, she found her confidence and the ability to control her mind rather than be controlled by it. This enabled her to overcome her PTSD and support others in doing the same. She uses Reiki healing techniques to offer sacred sound ceremonies in Southern California. She learned how our environment can affect our health and what we can do to boost our health as individuals. She works one-on-one with women to sculpt their bodies in a healthy, happy way that creates long-term results. Marissa, welcome to Beauty and the Beat. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I was excited to have you because, you know, a lot of people I have, it's so funny because I get so many guests and all of them have done various things before they go on this journey. We call it a journey here of self-discovery, I would say, finding your true authentic self. So Marissa, you know, you've done so many things and You've competed internationally and nationally, and you're this amazing life coach and Reiki healer today. Could you tell me a bit about your journey from getting from there to here? Because I know you talk a lot about PTSD. Yeah. So I experienced a lot of childhood abuse. I was experiencing a lot of sexual abuse from multiple perpetrators at multiple different phases throughout my life. And Through these experiences, I developed really severe mental disorders. My life was completely run by fear. I had PTSD, OCD, anxiety disorder. A lot of people call it complex PTSD. So I've used so many different healing modalities personally in order to empower myself and ascend from where I was into the person that I know that I'm meant to be. I knew that I was not meant to be this incredibly afraid person, someone who couldn't get on a plane, couldn't look someone in the eye, all of the above, couldn't speak on a podcast. I knew that I was destined for more. And so I am super, super grateful to have attracted amazing healers, shamans, therapists, hypnotherapists from all over the world into my own realm and be able to use their healing modalities to elevate myself. So Basically, what happened was I overcame so much throughout that process. I also developed a few chronic illnesses that I personally, as an energy healer, know stem from the fear that I was experiencing, the sexual abuse that I was experiencing, and I was able to completely reverse those chronic illnesses. So 
PTSD, PCOS, and endometriosis, I was told that I'm going to have those three things for the rest of my life. And through all these different holistic healing modalities, I was able to free myself and ascend into the person that I know that I'm meant to be. I became a holistic healer myself. A lot of people call me a trauma expert, a Reiki master, like there's so many different titles. So I like to use the term holistic healer to just umbrella term encompass all of it. So it all started with my self healing journey. And then I realized other people are experiencing these same things, these same fears, these same disorders to all different degrees. And we're all exposed to trauma at some point in our lives. So I could really just use my own healing modalities that helped me get healthy in elevating other people and helping other people get healthy on a mind, body, and spiritual level. You, from what I just heard, you worked with a lot of shamans, you met a lot of spiritual people, and you basically started healing yourself. Before this, had you sought any medical help? Yes, I was on anti-anxiety medications, mood stabilizers. I did the traditional Western method and it brought me very far. I utilized that method for 10 to 12 years throughout college as well. And it supported me in becoming ready to take on the holistic approach. So I have no judgment towards any approach that anyone decides to take because it's all part of our journeys. And some of us will be in that Western medicine, using medications to help support them in stabilizing their mindset. Some people will be in that for 15, 20, 30 years before getting on to the next level. And for me personally, it was just about two years of using a psychiatrist and prescription medications before I I really just had like the intuition that I know that I don't need them. I know that I can heal in different ways and use plant medicines and other forms of help to get out of that. You just had the intuition to start doing something more holistic in order to help you get off the medication and find a natural way of healing, which I really, really admire because that takes a journey. Now tell me about, you know, cause you were doing bodybuilding. Yeah. I was a competitive bodybuilder. So in college, I got my degree in environmental science and human health, but I also knew that I needed to be in the gym for my mental health. So while everyone else was drinking and doing things like that, I was Saturday nights, I was in the gym. And it was actually a funny experience because my college gym overlooked the drinking area. So I would be lifting weights, watching everyone play beer pong and all of that, and just feeling like a complete outsider, but knowing that I'm destined for more knowing that everything's happening for a reason. So from my love of weightlifting and utilizing that as a way to really transmute all of the negative energy and negative feelings that I was having, I was like, well, what do other people do who spend every weekend night in the gym? They become competitive athletes. So Mm -hmm. that's the route that I decided to take. It was an amazing experience. I was fully sponsored as a competitive bikini bodybuilding athlete, traveling all over the country to compete on a national level. And it was an amazing experience. That's how I got featured in Cosmopolitan a few times for having drastic physique transformation. And I'm so grateful for it. But I'm also grateful to have closed that chapter and be on a completely different chapter now. Okay, so how did you transition from that chapter into this chapter? 
So at my last bodybuilding competition, it was not the best experience. I realized that my soul was not happy doing what I was doing and that I could still continue weightlifting. I could still continue honoring my body and honoring my health to the utmost degree without necessarily putting myself through things that were draining to me on a soul level. So at my last competition, that's when I really decided to pivot. I was already working with a holistic healer, holistic nutritionist. I was already working with people from around the world and realized that competing was no longer in alignment with my ascension journey. So it was really easy for me to close that chapter and just go into the next phase. Of course, my body went through a lot of transitions at that time, digestive issues. I had PCOS. I had endometriosis. I had blocked chakras. So it was a lot of healing that I got to embark on once I closed that chapter. So you talk about healing and you talk about digestive issues and you talk about a lot of things that happened to you as a child. Now, when you decided to go into the healing part of stuff to cure all of this, what type of healing modalities did you start with? That's a really loaded question because I like to think of healing as an innate ability that all humans have. So if you smile at another person, you're actually boosting their cognitive function by 30% scientifically proven. So if you could consider that to be a healing modality, just walking around and smiling Mm -hmm. at people, that's, I guess, how I started was just choosing happiness, but from a more specific level I started to do sound baths every single week. I was going to them every week. I was using nutrition support as much as possible, holistic healing support. So the first step in my nutrition journey was actually going toxic-free when it comes to my home. It wasn't even actually changing the stuff that I was eating. It was more about changing the products that I was using and making sure that they were not making me feel worse. From there, I went into changing my digestion through what I was eating, making sure that my body is functioning at the most optimal possible level. Because so often I see people try to outsmart themselves, outsmart their own PTSD, their anxiety, and get out of that mindset by just practicing mindset habits. I was practicing all the mindset habits and I was not able to do it. So it wasn't truly until I was able to change my body from a cellular level that I could release the things that were no longer at the frequency that I knew that I was meant to be. So changing your body from a cellular level is so encompassing. Sound healing, sacred sound, and listening to specific frequencies has been incredibly supportive to me. I also work with different doctors of holistic medicine, neuropathway rehabilitation. I did lots of different forms of therapy and hypnotherapy, past life regressions, chakra releasing, healing modalities, meditations, all of the above. And of course, as you, well, I don't know if our viewers can see, but I'm covered in crystals at all times. I pick different crystals depending on what I need that day. Obviously, from what you're saying, you just started to do a lot of spiritual things because you you were drawn there. And then so you were doing the sound bath meditation. You started supporting your nutrition. You started studying a bit about crystals and what they do, their energetic effects. And you also do Reiki. 
the reason why I ask so many questions and why I try to pinpoint it is there are a lot of people that are probably listening to this out there that are thinking, where do I start? Mm-hmm. How do I start? PTSD is something that even I've had PTSD due to childhood trauma. So I know it's something that you see, once it starts going on, you don't even realize it's happening because that's the only way you know to exist. It takes someone else pinpointing it or read or you reading a lot to find out that, oh my God, this is not normal. But at that time when it's happening in your life, a lot of times you kind of think it's normal. You don't even know you have PTSD. Yeah. One of my favorite phrases is, is it normal or is it normalized? Mm -hmm. And so often in society, we see that. I would say that I didn't need a specific path and a specific journey and no one's path or journey in overcoming the things that are holding them back or removing blockages. No one's path is going to be the same. No two Reiki sessions are going to be the same for different people. So the first step is really getting honest with yourself, using support, sharing with other people, hey, this is how I go through life. And getting that feedback, like you said, from another person or from self-education that wow, I have a disorder. I'm going through life in a way that feels normal to me, but it's actually not. And then just really choosing to commit to being the person that you know that you're meant to be, the person underneath those disorders, underneath those mindset blockages. So when we are fully committed to that path, all of the healers and people that I've worked with, it's almost like they've walked into my life and been like, hey, I can offer this for you or something like that. It's really beautiful how you can manifest exactly what you need at every single given moment. Yeah, I know. And I know that, you know, that's kind of true. Like, as they say, when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive. But for people out there, you know, and I want to go back to this thing where we talk about normal. How does someone that's out there that thinks they're normal, I mean, I don't know what normal is because <laughs> we can also argue that normal is whatever we think it is. Yeah. But how does someone out there that feels maybe depressed or feels misaligned and they're out there and they kind of feel something is not right about their life. Mm-hmm. But as we said earlier, they think it's normal. What are the signs that they could use to know that, listen, what I'm feeling is not normal. I like to use bloat, actually, as an example to further explain normal versus normalized. So oftentimes, clients and individuals will come to me and say, every time I eat this, every time I have a piece of bread, I get painfully bloated, but it's been happening my whole entire life. So it's just normal for me. And that it's being honest open and sharing their experience with another person, someone like me, other people in the world that can then share with them, hey, bloat is actually an inflammatory response. And that can be a signal that you are allergic or intolerant to something that you're eating. So even though it's been normal for you up until this point, even though it's something that you've been able to deal with, it's not actually a healthy response. It's actually inflammation and it's actually potentially blocking you from being able to digest other foods. If we're following this metaphor, it's blocking you from feeling like your best self. It's blocking you from accessing your creativity, your inner peace, your ability to function as the person that you know that you're meant to be, to be productive and calm and clear in any given situation. So you said the first thing a person has to do is to realize. 
And then after that, they have to be honest with themselves. And then I guess after that, they have to find some sort of help wherever that is they can get. But I want to talk a bit about, you know, the type of healing you offer. So we're going to go through this one by one. We're going to first talk about sound baths, for example. How do sound baths work? Sound baths are very beautiful. It's sacred sound. If you've never been to a sound bath or seen one before, it's basically there's so many different musical modalities that you can use to achieve that level of frequency. But what I love to use are quartz crystal bowls, singing bowls. So each bowl that I use is actually in tune with a different chakra center in our body. Our bodies are 99.9% space. The atoms, cells in our bodies are constantly at a vibrational frequency. And by listening to different sounds and different frequencies, you can actually change the frequency of your own body. So what this does is it enables your cells to function at a more optimal level. It enables them to fight off toxicity, to regenerate more quickly, and to truly be their best, be the way that they were designed to be. So what I like to do is host sound baths every week or so. I have a few different little samples on my YouTube, and there's really no right or wrong way to enjoy the benefits of a sound bath. So oftentimes, if someone doesn't have access to going to a sound bath, like how we are right now, we're in quarantine, what they can do is just put on heart healing frequency music through YouTube. You can also look it up on Spotify. And there's different songs that are at different tones. Those tones are actually in correspondence. So they are the same frequency as our different chakra centers. Oftentimes, I like to do specific sound baths based on specific chakra blockages. So sexual abuse is something that oftentimes stems in the root chakra. But the root chakra is the source of energy. That's how energy enters our entire chakra system. So balancing and unblocking the root chakra also balances and unblocks everything else. The heart chakra is another frequency that I love to focus on because the heart chakra is kind of our portal to attracting abundance, attracting opportunities, connecting with other people, giving love and receiving love. Human connection is so incredibly important in any healing journey. One of my favorite little quotes that I actually just came across or study actually that I came across recently was a child can have food, water, shelter, everything that they actually need on a cellular level. But if they don't have human connection, if no one touches them, if no one hugs them, looks them in the eye, the child will actually die. Not just get sick, but actually die. And it's crazy how our whole society and we're so scared of human connection. We're scared of making eye contact, of hugging each other, of truly seeing each other for who we are. And Being in an environment like that, even if you're not doing Reiki, but you're just able to hold space for another person or have that person hold space for you, you are actually elevating your body on a cellular level. Very, very interesting. This is mind-blowing. I do totally agree with you on a lot of that. So that's what sound baths do. Then the next healing modality I wanted to talk about was Reiki. How does that work? Because I know you're a Reiki healer as well. 
Reiki is something that a lot of people, I hear a lot of, or read a lot of memes about, don't listen to the Reiki masters, like they don't know anything and just discrediting Reiki. But Reiki is just a word for energy healing, which is an innate human ability that we all have. So when a child bangs their knee, the first thing that they're going to do is put their hand on their knee. Even in adulthood, when we have a headache, we put our hand on our head because we know somehow our soul knows that it makes it feel better. So as a Reiki master, all that means is that you were trained how to harness those innate abilities and further that healing process. Of course, Reiki is not the end-all be-all. I've used Reiki as well as so many different healing modalities, but it's really supported me in healing my own self. And when I got to a certain level of my own ascension, I was able to realize that other people need this too. So learning how to harness that ability so that I can then distribute it to others has been a huge part of my healing process. And healing other people is a part of healing yourself. It is getting to that next level. So we all have that innate ability within us. And I absolutely love leaning into it as far as I possibly can. I don't do one-on-one Reiki sessions too often. Oftentimes, you'll want to work with a Reiki practitioner, someone who understands the energy of the earth, the cosmos, and human soul energy in multiple sessions. So I like to do one-on-one healing, one-on-one coaching, I guess you could say. And that is how my clients are able to really release all the blockages that they have holding them back. So would you say your coaching style because you talk about your clients releasing their blockages. Mm-hmm. So would you think your coaching style has to do with more spirituality and then helping people release the blockages in their life and therefore from there, then helping them move their life forward? Definitely, 100%. So I was working before I was incorporating all of this spiritual healing into my own coaching. I was doing calorie counting macros. That's the type of coaching that I was offering to my clients. And I worked with so many people who had all of the resources on what to eat, how to train, how many calories to eat, all of the above, but yet still were not able to access their healthiest and best looking self. And so that's when I realized that holistic healing has a huge role in how someone's metabolism operates, in how they are able to receive information, in how they are able to stay motivated and driven and committed and access their best self. So I kind of let go, I actually completely let go of all the calorie counting, all of the eat this, not that type of coaching. And I focus solely on holistic healing. Through this practice, I teach people intuitive eating. So we awaken their intuition and I show them how to read your intuition, how to read your body, how to read your soul, because your soul is always sending us signals. It's just oftentimes we think it's just a stomach ache or think that we're just stressed about something else. And so it's learning how to awaken that signal and how to read the signal so that you can then trust your own body in how to navigate through your life. It's so, so much easier than calorie counting and tracking macros every day and so much less time consuming. So intuitive eating is, it's such a gift to this world. And it's also, it lends itself into 
how incredibly deep diet culture has its prongs in our society, because intuitive eating is a practice that is unusual when it comes to the coaching space, but it should just be called eating, right? Eating should just be called eating if everyone was just eating intuitively what they knew that they were supposed to eat. But because we've all been conditioned to if you're hungry, make sure that you beat the craving with lettuce and cinnamon or something weird like that. Intuitive eating has been really shut off by our society. Wow, that's very interesting. That's very, very interesting. Because basically intuitive eating, from what I gather from what you're telling me, has to do with you eating what the body needs Mm -hmm. rather than what you want. Just like you're using food to help heal the body. Yeah. And when you are focused on healing from a cellular level, your body is always going to want what it needs. So I personally don't have cravings. My clients, the people that I work with, it's not like we're going through the day craving cakes and forcing ourselves to eat salads. No way. That is not in alignment. If you're craving cake, eat a cake for sure. That's what I coach to absolutely everyone. So it comes down to changing your gut microbiome, changing the way that your body digests food and retraining your body to crave wholesome foods. As humans, we naturally want those wholesome foods. It's just since from what our parents, what our mom is eating when she was pregnant down to what we were given in our childhood, the way that our gut microbiome has been programmed is it could feel like that processed food is the only way that it can access a certain macro or micronutrient. We often see this in pregnancy as well. So when a woman is pregnant, she might be craving hot Cheetos. So what's going on when you're craving those hot Cheetos is your body's craving a specific nutrient, a specific vitamin, mineral, whatever it could be that it has found before in hot Cheetos. When you retrain and reprogram your digestive system, your body is going to crave specific nutrients from wholesome foods, not from Cheetos or another processed food. It's really just your body remembering where those nutrients came from and then craving that specific nutrient. So that's what a craving is. A lot of the time when we're craving cake for me, my body was just craving carbs. And it was so used to having very high glycemic sugary carbs. So I would be having cravings of really sugary things. And that wasn't ideal for me. I was constantly fighting those sugar cravings. When I was able to reset my digestive system, now whenever I'm hungry, whenever I'm having a craving, oftentimes I'm craving a salad. I'm craving roasted vegetables. I'm craving the things that our body naturally uses to function at an optimal level. Very, very interesting. I like that a lot. So now what I'm going to do is I want to know how this applies to in different cases. So let's say someone came in and said, I have issues with my relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm in a toxic relationship. I'm in a bad relationship. I don't know how to relate to my partner. How would you approach that using your techniques? So I would start with conversation, of course, getting to know the person, getting to know what's working and what's not working. I would also offer journal prompts that would then encourage in a bunch of different healing modalities, but we would start with journal to show 
the client, the person, how to better connect with themselves, how to better connect with their soul and the energy surrounding them. Oftentimes when we're in toxic or negative relationships, it has to do with our inability to create boundaries. An inability to create boundaries stems from not truly seeing yourself as who you are, a disconnection from mind, body, spirit, or disconnection from head to heart. So improving that connection through sacred sound healing, Reiki, through just having conversations about the blockages that are in existence, as well as taking action, journaling, getting up every day and showing yourself taking an action that can connect you to yourself, like going on a walk, doing a workout, following an intuitive exercise, depending on what that person would need to do. It can strengthen that connection from head to heart. And when we have a stronger connection, it's so much easier to make boundaries. It's so much easier to clearly see situations for as they are, to not be in codependent relationships because we feel fully dependent on ourselves and on our own energy. So depending on the situation, because I know everyone has been traumatized in different ways. Everyone has learned processing and protective mechanisms that work for them in completely different ways. So it's all about identifying the fact that those protective mechanisms are incredibly supportive. They've gotten us to here. But now we get to shed them in order to fully create a healthier relationship and therefore healthier life. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So you first start with talking to them. And then after talking to them, you then find out what modality you're going to use to help them. Yeah, definitely. Another thing I wanted to ask is, do you ever use other modalities? Do people ever come to you where their problem is too challenging and you say, well, I don't really think I can help you or because using food as a source or Reiki healing or crystal baths, what happens when someone comes and they're like, I don't really believe in that. Cause a lot of it has to do with belief. You have to believe that it's going to work for you, which I think is in anything we do in life, you yeah. know, even medical stuff. Mm-hmm. So how challenging does that become? I think that you're asking a few different questions there. When it comes to what if someone is requiring a level of support that is out of my scope of practice, that is the beauty of having a network of amazing healers, amazing healers. So I am very close friends and in a business network, of course, with other healers who have their own skills and their own practices. I have a really good friend who facilitates breath work for myself personally that I then recommend if I feel that someone needs a breath work session. I am very close with a quantum healer that I work with personally that I would strongly recommend for someone that I feel like is ready for quantum healing. But that also goes into belief. If someone truly believes in this practice and with belief, it's hard to navigate that. And I think that the main thing that we can get at there is willingness. So I didn't necessarily believe in all of the holistic healing. I didn't believe in crystals. I didn't believe in spirituality when I started on this journey. I was just so willing to break free from the person that I was. I didn't know what type of person I would become. I didn't know what was lying ahead of me, but I was just willing. It all comes down to willingness. If you are truly willing to be 
different, if you're truly willing to remove those blockages, you're going to try whatever it is that is coming into your realm. So I work with a hypnotherapist, for example, and we always talk about the fears regarding meditation and hypnosis and going into those modalities because they can be so incredibly new if you've never done anything like that. So it all comes down to working with someone who can walk you through step by step, which I myself love to do. I love to facilitate someone's first ever meditation experience, but it really comes down to that person being willing. No healer, no coach, no podcast even is going to do the work for you. You have to show up for yourself. You have to be willing to some degree to walk the steps necessary. And even if you don't necessarily believe in all of the practices, like the first few crystals that people prescribed, I put air quotes up for that, people prescribed to me, I didn't believe in it at all. I was like, I'm going to go spend money on a crystal. Like, well, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to become better. I'm willing to feel better and to take whatever path is necessary in that. So I went out and I purchased those crystals, even though I was holding them. And I was like, this is so stupid. Like, I don't need this. Is I can't believe this. There's no scientific evidence about this. La-di-da-di. And then I felt the benefits of those crystals. So once I started to see the results, once I started to develop my own belief off of my own experience, that's when I was able to find thousands of scientific studies and articles that show different supporting evidence regarding crystals and healing modalities. So there's no right or wrong way to go through something. For me, I like to do experiential learning. For some people, they want to read those case studies first. Again, no right or wrong way, as long as someone is truly willing. Yeah. So there's no right or wrong way. It's just about if they're willing to accept the process and follow the process and then they have to believe that it's going to work and they have to be open. Yeah. And not doubting yourself. So mm-hmm. knowing that whatever you are facing in whatever chapter of life that you are in, you got yourself there and you're going to get yourself through it. Whatever is happening for you, even if you go to a sound bath experience and you're like, that's the worst experience in my life. I'm never doing that again. Personally, I've never heard anyone say anything like that, but just for an example, we get to be grateful for that opportunity because that showed us that that is not the healing modality that's going to help us in this moment. If it was a negative experience and something that you never want to do again, thank you universe for showing me a path that is not going to be the path for me right now. That is really true. Because you know, you're doing a lot of spirituality and you use a lot of these healing modalities. If someone at home is feeling, let's say, really anxious or really depressed, let's use those two things because depression and anxiety are big issues, especially with what's going on and the COVID and everything. What would be three easy things or just some tips they could use just, you know, like to help them just remove the anxiety a bit, remove the edge or if they're depressed, get a bit happier? Could you recommend anything they can do themselves just at home to instantly help them shift their mindset? I think that oftentimes when we're feeling really sad, lonely, scared, all of those feelings, so often healers recommend that we 
push it away, that we focus on the joy, that we become positive. And that's actually not the approach that I take. The best way to release those emotions from our realm is to let them out, to fully release them. So if that means you need to just cry for a whole hour straight, allow yourself to feel those emotions, allow yourself to release it from your realm. And then some other things that you can do are writing a gratitude list by hand, journaling about what it is that you're concerned about, journaling about the changes that you're experiencing, how you're feeling, and then how you want to feel. So journaling about the future, what would my future self say to me in this moment? Oftentimes, when I do that journaling exercise, my future self says something like, I got you. It's all going to be okay. This is just a bump in the road and you're going to get better and things are going to become amazing. So being able to tap into the future version of you. Another thing is going to be breath work. Breath work, there's so many certification programs. There's so many schools of breath work working with the highest caliber of breath work practitioner. But breath work is really just breathing. Anyone has the ability to do this. Anyone has the ability to tap into this frequency. And you can actually slow your heart rate just through your breathing patterns. So if you're feeling incredibly anxious, something that I like to recommend for everyone is very slow, deep inhales through their nose. So inhale through the nose, the count of six, and then exhale through your mouth as if you are blowing the air out as hard as you can but also doing it slowly. You can do this three times. You can do it 37 times, however many times you need to kind of help that energy move and shift throughout your body. So oxygen breath is one of the ways that our energy is able to enter and leave our bodies. And at any given moment, sometimes when I'm super stressed or having an anxious moment throughout the day, I will just return to my breath. I'll just take a few deep, slow breaths. I'll put my hand on my heart, feel my heartbeat, remember my purpose, remember that I'm here for a reason, and then continue on with the day feeling in a different frequency. That's really, really important. And that's really, really good what you said there. There's a lot of things to do with breath and connecting the breath, right, to what we feel and just really taking a deep breath. But I find in today's world, what happens is there is a lot of overwhelm Mm -hmm. and overwhelm happens because, you know, of life, people have jobs, kids, relationship issues, money issues, finance, and there's just a lot of overwhelm. And it's that thing of learning how to stay positive and that there's always a method in the madness because you always pull through at the other end. The journey might be ugly, but the destination is usually worth it. So that said, let's talk about finances, because that's a big thing that everyone kind of struggles with one way or the other. Either they don't have enough money, they've got too much money, (laughs) you know, too much money, they're depressed, not enough money, they're anxious. How do people deal with financial problems? And because you're like on, you know, you use a lot of healing stuff and spiritual stuff. Do you believe in the law of attraction? Yeah. Okay. Tell me a bit about that. 
So finances are energy. Money is energy. So oftentimes when we're dealing with imbalances in our own energetic realm, you're going to experience those imbalances through the physical realm as well in money. Money is a huge source of overwhelm for so many people. And one of the ways that I like to combat overwhelm is by doing what I like to call a brain dump. So taking a journal page, writing everything that could possibly be on your mind out on that journal page, really just emptying all of that stress, creating action steps that you can take in order to feel more balanced. If it is decluttering your home and selling the things that you have there, if it's looking at how you can make a more soulful impact that's in connection with your soul, with the money that you already do have, All of these things are really, really important, and they all take combating that overwhelm. So I worked with a therapist, my childhood family therapist actually used to always say, you're not actually stressed, you just have a lot to do. So when you write down everything that you have to do and write out those action steps, it becomes so much more clear. That's also one of my favorite ways to beat procrastination is envisioning how you're going to go through those steps. First, I'm going to do this on this day, then on another day, for example, if your house was very cluttered and you needed to declutter on one day, you might just clean. Day two, you could collect the items that you would want to sell. Day three, making accounts on Facebook Marketplace using other apps. There's so many apps for selling clothes and all of those things. The next day, taking photos of all of the items that you want to sell. So really breaking it up, seeing things as projects, seeing yourself taking those steps to make that big, overwhelming stress ball just smaller and smaller and smaller each day until everything is in bite-sized pieces. I think that's kind of the technique I use. Like my whole life is is a series of notes and notes and lists and lists because I find that it's when it's going on in my head I can't kind of figure it out but you're right the moment I write it down I have a clearer picture and I kind of know where I'm heading and I can kind of focus in so we've talked about anxiety and depression and things that people can do but we were talking about the law of attraction how do you use the law of attraction in your life So the law of attraction is really, I look at it from a scientific perspective of having an open heart chakra and an open heart frequency. So when your cells are vibrating at that same vibration as your heart chakra, you're able to attract whatever it is into your life just through your own mental beliefs and mindset processes. So if that's losing weight, if that's attracting abundance, attracting your dream partner, a improved relationship, whatever it could be, it all starts with you and you truly showing up for yourself in the healthiest possible way. Yeah. And then another question I'll ask you, because the first one I asked you was about finances. And I know one that everybody loves to know about is relationships. How can they attract their soulmate, the perfect partner? Everybody, even I want to know about this one. How do you attract the right person into your life? So I am currently single. So I'm currently (laughs) using these 
practices myself, but it really, how I have attracted amazing partners into my life that I would consider to be soul lessons that are getting me prepared for my true soulmate, my true twin flame. I would say it's all about dating yourself exactly how you want to be dated. So I buy myself flowers every single week. Yes, I, I do the nine yards of everything. If I want to have a date night with myself, I'll, I'll take myself out to dinner by myself. I could journal during that time. I could do things that truly make me feel happy and then go home, light candles for myself, have a bath experience, watch a movie that I would really, really like to watch. So it's all about truly living the life that you would want to live with your soulmate. And the more you bring yourself into that frequency of your best self, it's so easy to find that person. It's so easy to attract that person because let's say you want to be going to art shows with your soulmate. Go to art shows with yourself. Dress as best as you possibly can. And I know so many people that have met their soulmates at art shows and been married ever since. So there's so many different ways to attract that person in that relationship into your life. And it all stems with your relationship with yourself. When you have a day off, do you just stay in bed the whole entire day? No shame about that. For a lot of people, that's what they want to do with their soulmates. Or are you taking the action steps like going to a yoga class that you would want to do all of the above? Perhaps your soulmate is there one day when you are ready. You know what I mean? When we're talking about relationship, when you're looking to attract someone, the best thing to do is to, by doing all the things you said right now, is you're raising your vibration to be there. And obviously you'd attract that person that can also reflect that and you'd find somebody because you are that. So therefore, whoever you attract in your life is also going to be the same. Because if we're talking about the law of attraction in that sense as well, then you match your vibration. So that's really interesting. So girls and guys, you're listening out there. If you want to attract someone, date yourself and in a positive way, as in, you know, do nice things for yourself if you want someone else to do nice things for you. Because she's kind of right, because it all starts with yourself first. And then after yourself, everything comes. Marissa, you know what? It's like been really interesting having you on here. And I love your approach to life and the journey you've come on to find who you are and become your true authentic self. So I'm sure there are lots of people listening out there that would want to know where they can find you. Yeah. So there's a few different places that you can find me. One of the places is on my podcast, the Ascension podcast, where we detail all different types of holistic healing modalities. And I bring on all different types of healers so that they can further discuss their methods as well. I have my Instagram, which is at Marissa Remy, just my full name. Uh, my website, marissaremy.com, where you can work with me and the other coaches that I work with. I also have my YouTube channel. Just search Marissa Remy and find it there and find some of the sound baths and holistic healing modalities that I use there as well. So guys, you heard that. You can find Marissa in multiple, multiple places if you are looking to see what she's up to, find out about her services. You can find her on social media. You can find her at her website. She's got her own 
podcast now, the Ascension podcast, which is on Spotify. So tune into that because I will be tuning into that because I'd want to listen to all the advice she's got and all her healers about holistic healing and all that type of stuff. Marissa, thank you very much for coming on Beauty and the Beat. It's been a delight having you. This has been so, so fun. I love chatting with you. I'm <laughs> excited to chat with you more. I'm yeah. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.